Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You're listening to the Bears Brothers podcast and postgame show, the place where Bears fans across the globe hang out online after every Bears game. Now get ready, because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, and welcome to training camp week. That's right, the Bears will hit the field in four short days in Bourbon A as the smell of football is officially in the air. I'm Earl Swildewitt, and I want to preface the show by letting you know that if you're not excited right now, you better go check your pulse because with four days left and two positions left to preview, we're we're kind of finding ourselves here at the Bears Brothers uh, in the midst of crunch time, so here goes nothing. Today's show, it's all about the Bears' backfield. To help me break down the backs, I'm joined by three of my Bears' brothers. With me, I have Brandon Hazlett, Nicholas Moriano, and making his debut, Mark Tellerico. And Mark, since you're the new one on the show, you know, you've been with us since January, but first time on the show. Uh, Want to just let people know a little bit about you, what you do? Sure. Uh, I am a teacher at a high school in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I'm born and raised in Crystal Lake, Illinois which is about 45 minutes away from Chicago. So just Bears fan my whole life, and I'm enjoying my summer there because it's way too hot in Arkansas. There we go. I don't doubt that whatsoever. Nick, Brandon, I just wanted to share something with you. I came home today, and in the mail I found our three Hall of Fame game tickets. So I just want to say they're here. We're going. It's official. And our enshrinement tickets are still on the way. I think I figured it out with FedEx. We'll find out, but they should have been here already, so that's upsetting. But, uh, no, you guys doing well? Had a good week? Yeah. 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 Went and seen Marina Lambert in Little Big Town on Saturday, so that was cool. There you go. What about you, Nick? What have you been up to? Uh, last weekend, I was just uh, I visited my girlfriend in Minnesota. We did a dinner detective. Uh, it was like where you had to find a murderer within the crowd that you were in. I thought I had it all down. I thought I, I took two pages of notes seeing like, oh, that's a suspect. That's a suspect. I was completely off, but it was a lot of fun. It was good seeing my girlfriend, too. It sounds like Nick, no doubt about it. Thinks he's right. <laughs> totally wrong. And me, real quick. <laughs> Uh, I've been working at a high school journalism workshop for the past two weeks. It's been a lot of fun, a little bit of lack of sleep, but I'm still here. I'm pushing through. But honestly, it's cool to see all these aspiring journalists. I think I say that every year, but the group of kids, they just keep getting smarter, uh, more versed with technology. And honestly, the sports kids I had over the weekend were phenomenal, getting them on camera, helping them out. A lot of fun. And I actually met Windy City Gridiron Jacob Infante there. It freaked me out that he was a high schooler. didn't know it, uh, but he was there. We had a good time uh, getting to know one another, and he might be uh, pitching in with a little bit of content over here as well. Uh, We'll figure that out as we go. But, fellas, uh, it's time to just dive right in and begin with the man who reached 10 100-yard rushing games quicker than sweetness. He's the first Bear ever with 1,000 yards in each of his first two seasons. He is the 30-year man out of Indiana, and his name is Jordan Howard. Howard was talked about a lot throughout the offseason, however— Fans and analysts weren't discussing his third year in Chicago and how he'd be utilized in a new-look offense. Instead, 
the talks rounded on whether or not he would even be a Chicago Bear. If Ryan Pace would even, if he would trade him before the draft. But alas, Howard is still here. I think he is. Nick, is Jordan Howard still in the roster? Uh, he is. I remember Instagram disappeared. All the pictures disappeared. He is still on the roster, though. There you go. I don't think I've asked you that question since like round two of draft night, so I wanted to make sure uh, one last <laughs> time before we get into the show. Uh, but yeah, if all goes according to plan, I think Jordan Howard, he's going to continue making an impact here in the Windy City. So last season, let's take a look. Uh, the one trend that we noticed, we discussed throughout the entire year, was his inconsistency. He'd have big-time games, like his 140-yard performance against the Steelers, uh, or even when he averaged 8.3 yards per carry against Detroit. He had 125 yards on 15 attempts in that game. But then there were a handful of weeks that he'd averaged less than four, three, and heck, even two yards per carry. And, and on top of that, uh, there's plenty of instances where he wouldn't even eclipse 50 yards rushing in a single game. Now, of course... If you remember correctly, that's due to a ton of factors, including predictable play calling, no options in a passing game, and offensive line woes, especially later on in the year. But just to note, according to NFL's Next Generation stats, Howard did face, I think, what, eight players in the box? 43.12% of his uh, about 280 rushing snaps last season, which was like third in the entire NFL. But the great news is, fellas, that all of that should be a thing in the past. Howard should now become more consistent because he's in an offense surrounded by other playmakers. So, guys, I want to know, how do you see Howard fitting in the grand scheme of things? And, Nick, I'm going to go to you first. You know, that's a good question because this offense, you would think it's going to... Your heart health is the foundation of your body's performance. So if you want to stay at your peak, your heart has to do the same. Cocovia delivers the level of cocoflavanols clinically proven to increase circulation, promoting healthy blood pressure and a strong heart. Boost your cardiovascular health and stay peak with Cocovia at cocovia.com. That's C-O-C-O-A-V-I-A.com. And now during Heart Health Month, save 20% with coupon code CVHEART20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Benefit, Howard, because, again, the Bears are not going to be running into those eight-man boxes as often because of the play calling itself. But still, the running back has to be able to catch. And that has been something that Jordan Howard has not been very consistent with as well. He said that uh, to NBC Sports that it started his problem started in high school, uh, just not having his hands in the right position. But he also said in college he wasn't asked to catch the ball a lot. But I would still assume that those college coaches taught Howard how to catch. And at this point, when will he learn? You know, I mean, in this offense, you need to be able to catch. I just taught uh, one of the campers yesterday how to catch football. It's one of the most routine things you do. So if he can't do it up to this point, that's what worries me a little bit. But again, he's not facing those eight man fronts as often as he, sh- he he's going to face that he did last season. So I think he will have better, you know, yards per carry, be more effective in the running game, not have those droughts where he's not getting those even 50 yards a game. But again, I still worry about that, the catching aspect. Sure, no doubt about it. Let's go over to B real quick. When you're looking at the offense, do you see him being able to remain the main guy? I think, of course, this offense is going to be a little bit more pass-heavy than he's seen in years past. But to, for him to put up two 1,000-yard seasons on some really bad Bears teams, I just I am excited about the potential he can bring with this new-look offense. Oh, absolutely. And I think he could still be the main guy uh, because teams know how big of a threat he is with the two 1,000-yard seasons that he's had in the past. Uh, Some of the bigger games he's had, like the Detroit game, like you just brought up. Uh, But he's really, really going to benefit if he can work on on catching the ball. I mean, Nick just talked about it. And the example I was going to bring up is when he dropped the game winner against Pittsburgh at home in the end zone. Uh, Mike Glennon drops back and... Pass it to Jordan Howard, and it was there in his hands, and he just dropped it at the pylon. So, I mean, those are those are things he's going to have to work on to be able to be uh, a bigger part of the offense, but I think he's still going to be the main running back, absolutely. Sure. Mark, what about you? What are your expectations for Howard coming into his third year? Or do you believe he'll be able to uh, step up his game? Do you think he's going to get the same amount of touches? What are your, What's your take? I think that he could step up his game, and Nick was talking about how he won't be facing as many – he won't be facing eight men in the box like he was the previous uh, two years – but the thing is, is that if defense, if defenses know that he can't catch, then they know that if he's in there, that they're probably just going to be running the ball with him. And like if Cohen's in there, they're like, okay, it's going to Cohen. It's going to be a pass out there. But if they know that it's just going to be a run, then they might be able to pack the box again. So he might be uh, facing some of the same problems, which is what I'm concerned about. But he's gone on the record and said that he's really focusing on uh, working on catching the ball as much as possible. So I guess we'll see how that goes in camp and see if it's really improving. But he is a true baller, and he's performed well on some really bad teams, so I don't expect that to change. 
I mean, it's not like he can catch. I mean, if you're looking at last year's stats, he did have a catch percent of 72% on on 32 targets. I mean, it's not it's not great. It's not what you want. It could definitely have improvement. But 72% is still, it's not like he's dropping over 50% of his balls, you know? The thing right. is, he's had bad drops. That's that's what okay, I think so yeah, me. In clutch moments, it's, you know, Atlanta week one. Then there's a walk-in touchdown and dropping against the Saints. It's when there's everybody's locked up and that's going to happen to these bears receivers, tight ends. They're going to get locked up at some point and someone's going to have to get the ball. Maybe Howard's a guy that's open. Is he going to have the mental toughness to actually be able to catch this, you know, routine, just a little pop-up. It's just something that he hasn't shown that he can do. So that's what concerns me more. Like you said, he does have a good, you know, a decent catch percentage. It's just when the drops have happened, they just, you know, exemplify, just make it that much worse. No, they're definitely, you know, gut-wrenching, heartbreaking, all of that. No doubt about it. So, guys, you know, we've talked about a lot of maybe some things that we're worried about when it comes to Jordan Howard. I just want to take a moment, and you guys can chime in as well, to talk about some things I really like about his game, especially when you go back and you watch the tape, because there are some things that he does extremely well. I mean, there's obviously he does in order to have two 1,000-yard seasons to start his career. And, of course, being a Hoosier alum myself, I get a little bit of excited talking about my running back. But within the Bears' zone scheme, which shouldn't change all too much compared to what we've seen, they're still going to be doing some zone blocking, something he's very good at because he excels here because he has excellent vision. He has the you know extreme patience and something that I don't think a lot of people talk about is his anticipation. He under he knows where the hole's going to go based off how the you know the defensive line is lining up in front of him and the linebackers and how they attack and he's able to find the exact crease that he needs to hit in order to hit that you know that big play. He's not going to be the home run hitter as we know he doesn't have all of the, you know the gas in the tank. He's going to run out after he hits like that forty yard mark. He doesn't need to be. I mean I'll take a forty yard run uh, with a slower running back than a faster running back who's impatient in the backfield and gets tackled in the backfield because he doesn't have proper vision. That's why I like about Jordan Howard. He's not going to maybe get this 60, 70, 80 yard touchdown run, but he's going to bust those big gains, those twenty plus yard runs, change field position, get the momentum on the bare side, wear down a defense, and with less you know eight man front, I think he's going to be able to do that even on a more consistent basis, and that's going to make defense is really on their toes like what do you do do you want to stop Howard do you want to go you know watch out deep with all the Bears receivers that we talked about last week the tight end is again we've talked about it each week and I think it's been building upon itself that the Bears offense has a ton of untapped potential and I think come training camp uh, how they're going to be utilized even these running backs Howard uh, I want to see just how Nagy is using them because I think it's going to pay dividends if you can find a way to do it correctly especially with Howard but what about you guys what are some things that you really like about Jordan Howard anyone you said yeah, a lot of good things. Uh, I'm going to cut you off there, Brandon. Sorry. Ooh. But uh, just one thing to add on to that is his toughness. Remember, early on in the season, he was battling a shoulder injury. And, you know, even it was in that Pittsburgh game. I think he had to literally spin to not have that one shoulder hurt. But he still ended up having the game-winning touchdown in that game. So just the toughness that he plays with each and every week, despite, again, knowing that he's going to go against these stacked boxes. He's going to have to try and run the ball effectively. And at times he did, at times he didn't. But the toughness that he displays each and every week is another um, strength of Jordan Howard. What about you, B? I was going to say, you know, he's powerful and he's, and he's really strong. He only had one fumble last year, so he's not going to have the breakaway speed that we kind of wish that he had because there were times where he's in the open field. Like, I'll just break away, but he, he just can't do it because he doesn't have the speed. But he's strong and he's powerful. He will run guys over, and he only had one fumble. So I think that, that speaks for itself as well as far as reliability goes. Mark, anything further to add? Anything do you think we missed? I think that while he is inconsistent, he's reliable in a way. And the fact that like he he even though he was injured and he had that shoulder injury, he still went out there and played. And if the Bears need him to carry the ball ten times, he can do that and he'll do fine. Or if they need him to carry it thirty five times, he can do that too. And he'll bounce back and he'll be ready to go the next week. And I think that with the new offense, he's gonna be asked I don't think his load will be as heavy necessarily, which I think could benefit him. Yeah, exactly. He's someone who he can hit the big home run play. Well, not home run, home run, but you know he can c- turn out those big gains. He's not a, he can, of course, if he gets more carries, he kind of gets a rhythm. Most running backs do that, but he can obviously um, still make an impact if his workload is a little bit less. I just want to cap off his strengths by, of course, uh, his uh, his lower body. He's always turning the feet. He's always falling forward. He's always fighting for extra yards. And I think you know if he can continue to do that and show this new coaching staff uh, that he's out there and he's gonna you know with that effort, he's always gonna be vying to make uh, you. You know, go for that extra inch because it's a game of inches. I think it's going to pay dividends to earning the respect. And if he can do that, then perhaps his workload uh, won't be diminished as much as maybe some would anticipate. So, yes, new offense, new playmakers, a talented offensive line win slash if healthy. So, again, Howard should be in for a decent season. But, guys, 
just how well? Like, what should we expect? How can he prove himself in this new offense? What would make this season a successful year for Jordan Howard? Someone who has set the bar ridiculously high for uh, coming out out of fifth round, uh, no doubt about that. Let's go right back to Mark, though. What would make this season one that Jordan Howard would look back and say that was a good year? I think if he could silence his critics about the catching, if he can make sure that he makes those big catches that Nick was talking about, if he can, you know, if he's coming out of the backfield and he needs to make a catch for eight yards or whatever, if we, if the bears can rely on him for that, because in the past, while he has a pretty high, he has a decent percentage catching wise, he needs to be able to prove that he can be that guy that they need to go to on a third and seven or something like that. And I think if he does that, just, an eye test kind of thing, not necessarily stat wise, then I think that that would be a successful year for him. All right. You did eye test, Nick. I want you to do stat wise. Oh, stat wise. That's uh. let me, let me go see what he got. So he had a 1000. Okay. I would say if, if he can get the thousand marks rushing, that's great, but I want to see those reception numbers. I mean, just comparing them because we have to obviously Matt Nagy coming from Kansas City. Cream hunt had 53 receptions. Jordan Howard only had 23. And again, it goes back to that catching aspect in the game. So if, you know, Jordan Howard can maybe have, let's just say, well, seven more receptions, 30 yards, but they're, they're maybe bigger catches, not just a little dump off in the backfield. Um, that would be a little bit better. But again, if he's doing what he's doing rushing wise, that's fine. It's just that catching aspect. Can he not be just a one dimensional pack where it's a liability where you have to take him off at third and long because you know he's not going to be able to catch out of the backfield? So maybe having those 30 receptions for, he had a hunt, he had 23 receptions for 125 yards, 30 receptions for maybe, you know, 200 or something like that. That would be good. There you go. Hey, Purdue Pete, uh, can you talk up this Hoosier running back for me? Uh, yeah, because I think Nick's wrong statistically. I don't think that he reaches 1,000 yards. I don't think he has to have 1,000 yards to make it a successful season. I, I would say more than 850 yards because I think with more targets that we've talked about so far, we talked about his workload, you know, is going to sort of be decreased and he's not going to be necessarily relied on uh, to have as many rushing yards with a more pass-heavy scheme. So I'm going to put his success category statistically at touchdowns. He had nine last season. I think if he breaks 10, statistically, that's going to be a very, very solid, successful season for Jordan Howard. Yeah, I would like to see. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Double-digit touchdowns for Jordan Howard on the ground. I think that one would definitely help this offense because it doesn't all need to be through the passing game. I'm going to counter that, though. I do think we want to see 1,000 yards out of Jordan Howard. I think I'm not saying I didn't want to see it. I know, but I'm saying like I think to make it a successful year, that's what we want to see out of him. He's shown he can do it on much worse teams, on much worse offenses. And even if the Bears are passing a little bit more, I think we all hope they're scoring more points and the defense should be able to you know, hold these teams like they did a year ago. So we should be running in the second half of ball games. That's what I'm hoping for. And if we are, then we should be able to have a worn-out defense, Jordan Howard taking care of business, chewing down the clock, and that's why I think he should still have 1,000 yards, hopefully this season, to make it one that is a season that would be one that's considered a success. Guys, any final thoughts on Jordan Howard? I will say this. I think if just going on the point of a thousand yards, I think if Jordan Howard doesn't get a thousand yards, I think that brings up those questions, those rumors again. Do we really need Jordan Howard or could we possibly get somebody who's more of a pass catcher that can also get maybe 800, 900 yards, you know, not having that thousand yard rusher? Because again, he'll be, he'll have one year left on his contract after 2018. He's going to be looking for a new one. And then he's also being labeled as a traditional one-dimensional back who could just run and is not able to pass catch. I think that 1,000 yard is actually kind of crucial for Jordan Howard to prove his worth on this offense because if he can't catch the ball, it's really, I think, uh, maybe dimming down what this offense could potentially do at its peak. Okay, sorry, B, I saw you unmuted, so I thought you had a point to make here. Huh. No, I mean, he's not wrong. I think that it's crucial, but I don't think it's necessarily, necessarily – um a standard that he has to meet. I mean, he set the bar high, like Will said, uh, but I don't think he has to meet it to show his worth on this offense. I think he's just going to be another, another weapon that we've added on top of Allen Robinson and Trey Burton uh, on top of the guys that we already have, like Adam Shaheen and Tariq Cohen. So I don't necessarily know that he has to reach that because the load's going to be a little more divided. Yeah, we'll see. Again, you don't want to be one dimensional one way or another. I think we should strive for a balanced attack in Jordan Howard's success. It's going to be a huge factor if if the Bears can't actually have one this season. 
All right, guys, we're going to take a quick time out because coming up next, we're going to talk about the human joystick entering its sophomore season. But first, I got to tell you a little bit about our show sponsor, SeatGeek. Buying tickets can be complicated and confusing, but there is a better way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to every type of live event. Whether you're searching for a last-minute deal, planning a night out with friends, or need to find a perfect gift, SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like being there in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. As you know, all the Bears Brothers have the SeatGeek app on our phones, our devices, and it's by far the easiest way that we've been able to shop for tickets. We can be anywhere, and within a few taps, instantly find some seats. Again, every week I'm looking at Bears tickets for you guys, and again, Still plenty of tickets for the Hall of Fame game. We're going. Love to see you there. There's already a handful of Bears fans that reached out via email, via Twitter, on Facebook, asking if we're going to be there, uh, trying to meet up with us. And I want to meet up with as many people as possible, either at the Hall of Fame game, uh, Erlikers and Triment, and, of course, we're going to be down in Miami come October for another game as well. So check out any of those if you want to hang out with us uh, and join some fellow Bears fans to cheer on the Bears because we all know just how well we travel here in Chicago. SeatGeek is the web's largest search engine ticket. Yeah. SeatGeek is the web's largest search engine ticket. Oh, my gosh. I can't do it, guys. I'm going to try it again. Will's going to take a breath. SeatGeek is the web's largest event ticket search engine. There's an extra E word in there I couldn't spit out. Discover events you love. Search all the ticket sites. Cease seat location to get the best deals on tickets. Make SeatGeek your go-to app for finding the best deals in every type of ticket, from sports and concerts to comedy and theater. And, of course, the best part of all of this is our listeners get $20 off that first SeatGeek purchase. Just download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code BEARS today. That's promo code BEARS, B-E-A-R-S, for $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All right, you're listening to the Bears Brothers Podcast. I think my tongue is officially untied, so we're going to go ahead and roll right through this conversation, and we're going to lead right into Tariq Cohen, who had a strong rookie year with over 700 total yards, which was evenly split between rushing and receiving. He had a handful of plays last year that just made you pop out of your seat, get up and cheer, and the hope is that 2018 is going to even have more of those big-time plays by this second year back. Cohen's number one asset, of course, is his physical gifts, like his speed, his agility, his field vision, and it's easy to see him as a strong fit in this Bears' versatile attack on offense. So guys, when you're looking at the roster and the offense as a whole, how do you expect to see Cohen utilized? Because last year he only clipped 10 or more rushes in three games, and he had five or less rushing attempts in over half of the games. I think it was like eight or nine games. So where does he fit? What's the expected workload on the ground and through the air for a Tariq Cohen? And Nick, I want to let you kick things off. Man, Tariq Cohen, obviously last season was not utilized correctly at all, and he wasn't even on the field as much as he should have been. But he's a guy that can play running back, obviously receiver, couldn't put him at a bunch of different positions along this offense in Matt Nagy's system. And in terms of where he's going to line up, um, on how many plays he should get running, it's it's going to be up to Nagy and like the scheme for each and every week. Because, again, Tariq Cohen, they expect him to maybe fit – that uh, Tyreek Hill kind of mold, but he's also, he's going to be in the backfield a lot more than, you know, Hill was ever obviously being a receiver, but yeah, Tariq Cohen's going to have a big year just because he is so versatile. And that's what Matt Nagy's been preaching, you know, all off season going, heading into training camp, versatile guys. And Tariq Cohen's just another guy that can line up anywhere. Versatility. It's again, it's been a theme all through our countdown to camp. The Bears bring in versatile players. I think Tariq Cohen is the epitome of what a player can be versatile. Uh, let's go over to Mark. What's your take on Cohen? What's, your, what's perhaps maybe your favorite part of his game what, that he brings to the table? I like that he's, I mean, he's an electric player. The fact that anytime he has the ball in open space, you really don't know what's going to happen. And he can. He kind of, I mean, he's not Devin Hester. Like, I'm not saying that, but like when he gets the ball in open field, like he like turns the other way. It's like, what are you doing? But he somehow creates something. And it's, he's kind of like a must watch player in a way because he's so athletic. He's so quick. And I think him being small, like it adds to it because it's just like, look at him out there. Like that makes no sense how he's able to do those things. But I think that just watching him play. And I think that now that he's actually in a good offense and a good system, I think he's going to excel because he actually has a coach that really can utilize him when, in, when last year he was so underutilized or just used in the wrong situations. So I'm just really looking forward to seeing him in an offense that really fits him. I agree. You know, last year's an offense, like you guys mentioned, he was highly mismanaged. And now he's coming to an offense. I believe he called it during OTAs. It's an offense that was, quote, built for me. So I believe this is going to be an offense uh, for him that he's going to 
you know, blossom under. I mean, we saw glimpses of it last year. He had over 700 total yards, but yet we just knew there's so much more just waiting, bubbling beneath the surface. Uh, but of course, there are things that maybe, you know, Tariq Cohen needs to improve on. He's not a perfect player. Not many are. What about you, Brandon? What are some things that you hope he kind of cleans up this year? You talked about earlier with Jordan Howard's vision. I hope that's something that Tariq kind of improves on because he's kind of impatient waiting for the hole to open up. There's times where uh, he'd be running and he just immediately bounces the ball outside because the hole between the tackle and the guard just isn't there. So he needs to be able to find a way to increase his patience. And if the play is not there, don't make it a negative play. And just for fun, I went back and looked at his draft profile. You know, it said, you know, with his size, you know, there's not really a for sure way how he's going to fit in the offense. and He doesn't have much special team experience either, which I find kind of ironic that he took that play that I think Mark was talking about the, the no, 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 yes, 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 punt return against San Francisco. Uh, so I, uh, just to add to the versatility thing that we were talking about earlier, that's something he's obviously good at, but he needs to improve his vision uh, and his patience to be able to find the hole and wait. And if it's not there, just be able to at least get back to the line of scrimmage and not make it a loss. I would argue that's more of a patience and a vision thing. I think when you see him in the yeah. open field, his vision is on display. He knows how to make guys miss and where the open pockets are downfield until he can extend plays. I think maybe the one area that I would like to see, and again, it's small, is just a little bit more awareness along the boundary. There's a couple of those plays last year where he yep. had his foot on the white paint and then the play was called back when he had plenty more room to go. So if he can you know, just keep that foot in maybe just four more inches, again, it's awareness. It's body uh, you know, awareness. I think if he can do that, of course, some bigger plays will happen. Again, it could just be a handful of circumstances that's kind of compounded upon itself that make me see, think it's a trend. We'll see if it happens again this year too often. But, again, it's a small thing, but it's those that uh, limit plays. Because remember that one that he had, that huge touchdown, and then his foot barely grazed the side? Yeah. It's it just, didn't. It didn't. I watched that play like 12 <laughs> times earlier today. I'm looking at it. So he never puts his heel down. I don't know what these refs were looking at. I saw that play. I rewinded it 12 times, slow motion. That's a touchdown. Regardless, the Bears won that game. But, man, I don't know. If you would have had that foot two inches more to the left, no one would oh, question yeah. it. True, but it was still a touchdown. All right, that's fine. You can <laughs> you can stand by that. I, I mean, it doesn't change anything now, so that's cool. But, uh True. All right, so Cohen, we're all very excited about his potential in this offense, and I don't think anyone's really fearing a sophomore slump. I know I'm not. Instead, I'm expecting him to take some several steps forward. So, guys, I want to know, what are your expectations? Where do they lie? And more importantly, is 1,000 total yards out of the out of the equation here for Cohen? Because I don't think so. I think that's more than reasonable. Let's go to Mark first. My, I, I don't expect a sophomore slump, but I am a little concerned because I feel like there are some pretty lofty expectations in this offense because every time you bring up Tariq Cohen, everybody's saying, oh, Tyreek Hill. And Tyreek Hill is, he is an insane player and nothing against Tariq Cohen, but if Tariq Cohen's going to turn into Tyreek Hill, then the Bears are going to be in really good shape. If they have him and Howard, that's going to be incredible. So I just hope that he can handle the fact that those expectations are present. But I still – I don't expect him to be Tyreek Hill. I don't expect him to bring in 1,200, 1,300 yards receiving or anything like that and all those big plays. But I think that 1,000 total yards, I think that's definitely possible. I think it's just really going to depend on if he can get open in the field as he develops into more of a receiver because I don't see him getting more touches in the backfield as a running back. I see him getting more as a receiver. So if he can get open in the flat and if uh, Trubisky can really develop also there and give him the ball when he's open – then I think that a thousand yards total is definitely possible. Yeah. And, you know, on top of that, I want to mention, we haven't even talked about this. You brought up a great point about him as a receiver. You know, when you think about Cohen, you think about running back and we're in running back mode and maybe we should have brought him up during the receiver episode as well, because he's going to be utilized there just as often, if not more than out of the backfield. And, uh, guys, we're at the Panthers game last year, and he had that great route and that deep ball that Trubisky delivered and was able to make a huge you know, run after the catch as well. Uh, last year, he was noted to being like a very precise route runner, and this is an offense that thrives off precise route running, so maybe he's going to be able to make some of those catches in the intermediate passing game as well, not just taking short you know, short catches and turning up field, but he's able to get open, find open pockets in the zone downfield, making those short to medium to intermediate ranges. Of course, the deep ball as well. He's fast. He can stretch the defense vertically. Well, what about you, Nick? Um, I mean, expectations uh, for Tariq Cohen, again, just to be a more polished uh, route runner because I think that's where he is going to be utilized more more often than even a running back. I mean, obviously, that is what his position, but Tariq Cohen is a hybrid of both of those. And, um, you know, with Matt Nagy now calling the plays, he's actually going to put Tariq Cohen on the field and put him in the best positions. And, you know, Ooh. Jordan Howard, and, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that. But Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen can coincide, you know, on the field at the same time. That's just something that 
again, Dow Loggins did not figure out last season, then that is going to benefit the Bears, not knowing what each one is going to do if one's going to run around, one's actually going to, you know, stay in block. But Tariq Cohen, he's going to be, like, I, like I've said, he's going to be everywhere. And when we go to training camp, that's going to be fun to watch is to see where's Tariq Cohen at on the field. Yeah, I know. I can't believe camp's only four days away. I'm going to see Brandon in three. Nick, I'll see you in four. It's going to be a lot of fun being back there in Bourbon A. Getting me excited just talking about it. But uh, what about you, B? Expectations, where do they lie? I, I've got high expectations for him. I don't think it's going to be a sophomore slump. But I, a 1,000 yards total, I think, is definitely possible as well. But I think we do see him more as a running back than I think, we, or think we're going to, if that made any sense. Uh, no. Because Nagy said that uh, you know, he's a running back first, and that's primarily what he's going to do. So I have him at a more balanced attack rushing yards and receiving yards, even though we've talked about his great route running skills, his good hands, his good speed. I think that he's going to be have to be able to be run the ball as well. So he's respected in all areas of his game in order for him to get the most out of himself. I can see that bring a more balanced diet in terms of yeah. what Tariq Cohen brings. No doubt. All right, guys, we still have three more running backs to go, but before we do, I just want to let fans know, uh, you're more than welcome to review our show on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, every time we get one, it just helps our discoverability just a little bit more so we can reach more Bears fans. And, of course, this is a very important time to do so because plenty of fans who aren't really keeping up on the team throughout the offseason are looking for uh, strong Bears content, strong Bears talk. I believe we fit that mold, so if you believe that as well, I would encourage you if you haven't yet, and there's over 211 of you that have done so, but review our show on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. Let us know what you think. Uh, you can argue, you know, if the fact that you're listening here past my tongue tied ad read uh you know it means it makes me happy it makes me uh know that you at least enjoy us so i apologize about that tongue tied it's, it's playing on my mind so i'm gonna just say sorry <laughs> but uh we have uh three running backs to go so we're gonna move on to this conversation again leave a review if you would like uh next up guys is benny cunningham he was used sparingly last year to say the least uh when he was out on the field he was more of a receiver and not too much of a rusher he had 20 catches and only nine rushing attempts all year long we already spoke volumes about his special teams impact a little over a month ago during a special teams preview episode. But let's look at him purely through an offensive lens here. I'm intrigued to know your guys' thought on Benning entering camp. Do you guys have expectations for him this year on offense? And maybe, like, where does his value kind of lie? Because I've seen uh, kind of both ends of the spectrum here when it comes to Benny Cunningham. Some believe uh, he can be a backup to, like, Jordan Howard, say if Howard did go down to an injury. Some don't think he has the ability to carry the load. I wonder what you guys think because, honestly – uh, I don't know which way I lean. I'm towards the middle. I haven't seen him really carry a load, so I'm very worried, personally. That's me. But, uh, Nick, let's go to you first. Yeah, I don't know if he can carry a load, but uh, he reminds me, again, going back to the Kansas City Chiefs, uh, a lot of Shakandrick uh, West and how they utilized him and Benny Cunningham. Those guys were both utilized as third-down backs who would be able to block a blitzing linebacker and go out for a pass. So when I look at how maybe Nagy can utilize Benny Cunningham. It's in a similar way. And, I mean, just looking at the stats for last season, they're pretty similar. Uh, Benny Cunningham, like you said, had nine rushing attempts. Uh, West had 18, double that. But in terms of receptions, Benny Cunningham had 20. Shark Hendrick West had 27. So they're utilized very similarly, also played on that third down. But I think this season, I think you can see a little bit more of Benny Cunningham. I think he does have the skill set to, regardless if he has to run the ball, or he has to go for a catch. He's capable of doing that, but you don't want to see him be the primary guy. That's not what you want to see as a Bears fan or the Bears moving forward. But Benny Cunningham, again, he played primarily last season on third down. Like you said, Will was mainly a pass catcher in those uh, third and long opportunities. But I think he'll have a little bit more of a, a tiny bit more of a workload, you know, now in Nagy's system. Again, it's just all the touches, how they're going to get divided. It's you know, it's going to be tough sledding with all these new players. B, over to you. Uh, what are your thoughts about who I've dubbed, you know, Chicago's second favorite Benny? Nice. I didn't know you dubbed him that. But that's kind of funny. <laughs> um, I mean, he struggled last year, and I think we kind of have a skewed vision of him uh, because he was mostly a third down guy on screens when it was third and twelve. You know, Benny, Benny Cunningham's out there on the field. You know, it's going to be a screen. Uh, but when I joined the LA Rams podcast uh, earlier this offseason, they say he's probably one of the more underrated guys uh, in the league as far as special teams and his uh, ability as a running back. I don't think he's necessarily shoulder load like we were talking about earlier, and it's definitely been a couple seasons. He hasn't reached 25 carries in his last two seasons, respectively. Uh, so I don't really know that he's going to be able to carry a load, but he's definitely going to be a guy that can give Jordan Howard uh, a break in the backfield before they reach a red zone. Uh, because he's got the ability, like we said, to be a pass catcher, or he can, or he can run the ball. He's he's a strong, tough guy. He's five ten, two hundred eighteen pounds. So I mean, he's got the the bulk and the ability to do it. 
Uh, I'm just kind of curious to know where exactly he's going to fit into this whole scheme because there's just a lot of question marks as far as where he can fit. He can do it, just where and when is what I really question. Sure. What about you, Mark? Anything about Benny that we should probably mention that we may have not yet? I just think that now that he, I think that, I mean, I think that Negi is a really good coach. And I think that in that system that there's going to be better opportunities for him to show that he's more than just a special teams back. And once again, I think that a lot of it's going to have to do with how well Tariq Cohen plays on the field. If he's going to be lining up as more of a receiver, then is Howard going to be playing all three back, all three downs, or is Benny going to be coming in the third down? It's going to be, It'll be interesting to see, but I, I expect him to get more more uh, carries and more just opportunities in this offense compared to the last year. All right. I think that's really all we need to speak about, Benny. Again, I think at camp we're going to find out where the Bears value him in terms of like how the reps are divided up. I don't foresee him dropping really any lower than where he's at unless a couple of the guys that we talk about uh, momentarily kind of you know surprise or blow the expectations out of the water. Um, but speaking of that, let's just go right ahead to uh, the next guy up on my list, and that's uh, Taquan Mazel. He was claimed by the Bears last year off of waivers, and he only appeared in three games, but he did not find himself on the stat sheet. However, I think he's like a dark horse-ish candidate in this offense. Uh, He provides more value in the passing game, but uh, he was still an effective rusher uh, at Virginia. He was an all-purpose back there, and his last two collegiate seasons, he had 127 receptions, uh, which was about 1,100-some-odd yards receiving, to go along with 1,600 rushing yards. He is the only player in ACC history, by the way, with 1,500 yards rushing and 1,500 receiving yards for their career, so he is a very versatile back. I think Steve Letizia, our site writer, he wrote about uh, – Mizell, oh geez, probably April, about perhaps being uh, one of those uh, burst-on-the-scenes kind of guys here in Chicago in the new system because how he kind of fits Nagy's mold much, much more than he did under Fox. And maybe that he was brought in, Pace kind of knew, like there's going to be a, you know, a change in a year or so. So brought him in a little early just to make sure he can have him. He was in the Ravens, and he was one of those last cuts. The Ravens were trying to see if they can still find a roster spot for him. So he does have potential. Uh, we'll see. I don't know what you guys think, though. So what do you like about him? What makes you a little bit wary? Uh, not really NFL experience to really draw off of here. Let's go with Mark first. Well, as you said, there's not a whole lot of NFL experience. I think he only played two snaps, three snaps all of last season. And despite the fact that he's not really known in the NFL and he had a solid career in college, he was actually a stud in high school. I was looking at some of his high school uh, information. You've got like a 97, 96 rating on uh, 24-7 sports, which is oh, wow. out of 100. That's really high. So he has the ability to be a stud. I think that he just never really clicked in Virginia's system. And while it's hard to click in the NFL, I think that with a new offense, with new opportunities, he has the opportunity to be sort of a, I don't know, a trick play kind of guy if he comes in and there's like, oh, what's this guy going to do? What's he bringing to the table? Because he's kind of a sleeper. And I think he has the ability to – he can make some some things happen. Um, it's just really going to depend on how well he does in the preseason when he gets the opportunity. Right. It's going to be really hard for him to really you know bump up the roster spot because of just how much value Benny Cunningham has on special teams. Uh, Nick, I want to go over to you. What are your thoughts on Mazzell? I think if he has a strong camp, another strong preseason like he did a year ago, I mean, it'd be, I mean they might try to sash him on the squad, but who knows how that will play out. That'll be interesting. I don't know if they do that. He's a change of pace back. His value is in the passing game. He's one of those guys, again, with Nagy's system, you want to be your backs to be able to catch the ball. And he could do that. So if he does make the team, um, you know, has a good training camp, shows in the preseason, makes this ends up making the final 53-man roster, it'll be because of that pass-catching ability. And he actually told the, the Chicago Sun-Times last September, just looking back, uh, he said he wants to separate himself from other running backs with his patch, with his pass-catching. He also mentioned that he was uh he was versatile. So I mean, obviously that's what we've already talked about earlier in the podcast. But that's the only way I kind of see him making this roster. And again, there's three three solidified starters, so it's going to be tough to get that fourth running back to actually make the 53. Or maybe he's another practice squad guy. But I I don't know. I don't know about Menzel. Okay, Nick's unsure. Mark brought some good uh you know insight about his ability and high school, and maybe it's taken a while to to kind of click. Brandon. Where are you at? Just in case you guys didn't know, he's really good at catching the ball. Uh, he set the ACC <laughs> back record for reception yards in 2015, so I thought that was kind of interesting. It's also interesting he's got the nickname Smoke. I didn't know that until uh, this afternoon. Uh, but I think he needs to bulk up more to be able to have a, a bigger impact because he can go be a, a Tariq Cohen-type hybrid, go play receiver, 
uh, line up in the backfield, but he only weighs 170 pounds at 5'10". Benny Cunningham's the same height, and he weighs 218 pounds. So I think he needs to bulk up to be able to be more effective or bring more effectiveness to the running game itself, where I think he's going to be uh, asked to play more. Uh, so where he fits, I think he's at the outside looking in, to be 100% honest. All right. Let's move on. Let's talk about the last running back, H-back. We'll see what we found out, and we'll talk about fullbacks in a moment. Actually... I want to just go impromptu here. I want to lump them all together because I was right before doing the show, I was doing some, you know, research, some tape, and some just some thoughts were formulating in my head. So let's start with Ryan Nall. All right, he was one of the Bears' undrafted free agents this season out of Oregon State. Uh, he again, another bit, another player who brings versatility to the table. He can maybe earn himself an interesting role in this team. Again, hold me out. This is interesting because look at Michael Burton. He played 179 offensive snaps for the Bears last year. Uh, nothing He doesn't do anything to really make him super worthy besides blocking, and he's not the best fullback in the NFL. But then Nall, he can be similarly as effective as a blocker, um, but he has experience at fullback. And again, Burton, he's not a threat in the air. He's not a, th- a threat through on the ground. But Nall can provide value there. So he can be like that wild card. He's a fullback, but he might not be out there to block. Maybe the Bears are going to throw it to him in a flat. And just someone else who maybe can be another chess piece out there because he brings a little bit more than Burton, and I don't think his blocking is going to be much less. So that's where I'm interested if the Bears would do that. But before I get there, Nick... I'll go to you first. Do you think the Bears have room for a fullback on this roster? I looked uh, at the Kansas City roster to see if they had one, and they did. But they only had a three total, so the fullback was included. And I'm forgetting the guy's name, Anthony Sherman. So they did have a fullback on that roster, but that's that's a question to the Bears. They have three guys that are making it. And now do you add in that Ryan Nall, that Michael Burton is that last guy possibly. But if Nagy thinks that it, this, like, I think that's why Nall is interesting. Uh, I think like you were you were pointing to it. He can be that fullback. He can he is able to catch the ball, but he's also he played running back. He is a running back by you know his primary position, so he has that versatility there. So, of uh, just a pure f- fullback, I don't think makes the roster. But a versatile guy like Ryan, I think does. See, I'm looking at Ryan as like what I'm going to call a new age fullback because that position's been fading out. But this might be a way to make it make a comeback. It's almost like a smaller tight end in a way who can block out of the backfield. Um, so again, maybe someone like what Peyton Hillis is that his name? That guy who's like you know almost like a fullback was able to like destroy people on the ground for one year in Cleveland and then he fell off the face of the earth. Madden cover, Madden yeah, curse, Madden yeah. curse, yeah. and he was out of there. Yep. Yeah, I mean that's <laughs> what I was thinking about. Again, it's just an idea, but. Again, Burton would only provide one thing, where Nall can provide a, maybe a trio of things. Maybe he won't do uh, the blocking as well. But again, I don't know how this Bears system is going to play out until we get there. Fullback in general seems a little eh. So we'll see how it all plays out. But I don't see them maybe, say, cutting Cunningham and keeping a fullback. So I would see I if agree. they do a fullback, you're keeping four, which, again, that gets, when you're playing the numbers game, that still gets kind of hairy, kind of dicey because of all the other talent on this. Well, I'm really both sides of the ball, but primarily in the Bears' offense right now in terms of the targets and, of course, the playmakers. But what about you, Mark? Uh, just talking about all fullbacks in general. Ryan, what's your thoughts? Well, as you were talking about how Ryan kind of brings up some sort of like new tight end kind of thing, he was actually recruited as a tight end out of high school. And as his first year in Oregon State, he was supposed to be a tight end, but they saw that he brought a lot to the table, so they put him at running back. So he never really excelled, but he is an all-around solid player. You need him to block, he can do that. You need him to catch a ball, he can do that. You need him to run the ball here, you can do that too. So he brings a lot to the table. He doesn't really excel in one area, but... I feel like that can be valuable as a fullback because it's more than just blocking. He could also catch short, short little routes on the goal line, something like that. So I think that he is a long shot to make the roster, but if he does, he would take the spot of the fullback from Burton. I would expect. See, here's my thing. Okay. So the bears are going to have a ton of multiple wide receiver sets, multiple tight end sets. You bring, you bring Burton and Howard out there. I think the defense is going to key on what you're trying to do. But if you have someone like Nall who could could run a wheel route and get open and makes you know a little bit of damage, then you make them think you know you know double guess themselves, and that might just be all you need in order to do. Even if you call two plays in the huddle, one run, one pass, depending on what the defense does, change it up again. Maybe this is like the new age fullback, a way to kind of like ensure that the position doesn't go extinct, like the trend have kind of indicated that it might. Let's go over to B. Uh, I haven't got to here yet. What are your thoughts on this whole entire situation? If you'll remember back to the tight end show. Uh, we had the same discussion about Trey Burton, how he's versatile and he could line up at tight end or at fullback if need be and be that surprise guy like we're talking about with Null. So for that reason, I don't think that Null makes it and I don't think uh, Michael Burton makes it either. 
uh, because I think even if they want to have a guy that's going to purely be on there to block, I kept Ben Braunacher on the team as my fifth tight end. He could line up and do that as well. Or if they want to put Deion Sims back there, he could be a blocking tight end as well in given certain situations. So for that reason, I think that there's other options that they could use, uh, either a Trey Burton or whoever to be that that fullback that we're kind of looking at. Nick? I uh, found something interesting uh, Interesting on not just doing some research. He actually told NBC reporters on a phone interview that the Bears told him that they want uh, Nall to play that big, big back, uh, whatever that essentially means. But Nall liked the fact that's why he signed with Chicago is that he will actually be playing his position running back in the NFL and that he will be essentially the Bears big back. And I also found that like the um, short yardage guy. I mean, see, that's the thing. Is it just the short yardage guy? Or is it, again, Fridge more of that versatility? Fridge 2.0. Well, <laughs> maybe. But the thing is, he's going to be – they want – they brought him in because he will be playing that running back position as a big back. But they said, of course, you need to show out in training camp, show that you can make this team be, you know, compete with a roster spot because we already have people in place. So we'll see what ends up happening. Uh, I know I mentioned Madden earlier, his favorite player or his favorite Oregon State running back was Steven Jackson, and I used to love using Steven Jackson. I think it was Man 07, Man 08, truck stick. And that's what Nall really plays like. If you watch his highlights or just watch his tape, the dude just trucks over everybody. It's crazy. I mean, he won't be able to do that in the NFL, maybe in smaller corners, but, yeah, he really plays like, you know, his idol, and I used to love using him in Madden. Wow, look at that. That's just like a poetic <laughs> ending on that conversation. Yeah, exactly. What's the circumference? Anyone know? No, see, I'm pulling out physics like two uh, weeks ago. Now I'm doing geometry. I need to stop it. Yeah, All right, no more of these subjects. I'm so, right. <laughs> we'll just shut up and move on to the bear sock. All right, I'll listen to myself there. All right, guys, I have like six to so questions to end the show. Some big picture ones because I do have some legitimate concerns about this position. We talked about all the potential that they have, and honestly, it's more than potential. We know what these players can do. We just want to see them do it on a more consistent basis. But first, I want you to know that we're going to be at training camp. We kind of talked about it, hinted at it throughout the show, Nick going to be there. Brandon believes he's going to be there for the first time in like three years, which is very Ooh. exciting news. And we're going to be doing throughout the majority of training camp, a uh, post-camp podcast. Uh, we did that last year. They were a hit and we're going to be doing those again. So just a heads up, once training camp begins, just keep checking your feed because we're going to be launching podcasts like no other. And the season's here. You're going to be hearing from us uh, more often than not. Probably more, you know, what? What did we do last year? Five shows a week during the season. So, you know, we're going to be around, uh, here, so definitely stay tuned. But all right, guys, we talked about all these running backs. Let's look at the big picture. And I just talked about my concern. And here's my largest concern. And I think we need to address it. And you know me on this show, I don't like to talk about predicting injuries. But I'm looking at this, you know, this the Bears running back situation. And if Jordan Howard needs to miss some time, even if it be a couple of weeks, who takes over his role? Because I don't think they have another running back that can fulfill a Jordan Howard role, a bell cow back, someone who can you know carry the load, run 15 to 20 times a game, and be effective at it. Nick? You got me. I mean, honestly, if it's just Cohen. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. Cunningham on the roster, that, that's a tough one because I don't think Cohen's set out to be that guy that can get 20 carries a game. He's, he's not built for that, obviously being a smaller type guy. But you're going to have to utilize him and Cunningham to split the load. But again, that's not making the offense as effective as it would be just with Howard taking, you know, a majority of those snaps. But that is a concern because obviously we know that Howard was dealing with that shoulder injury. If something were to come in again um, and he's has to miss time, that's going to be a big concern because there's no one that can really carry the load right now other than Howard. Mark, what about you? What's your level of concern if that situation would arise this season? Jordan Howard's tough. He'll play through injury, um, but you never know. Yeah, like you guys said, if there's an injury, I'm I would be concerned because I don't I love Cohen, but I don't think he can get the ball 25 times a day, like 25 times a game. I think he would get destroyed, and it would just be it, it is definitely concerning because I don't know who would take that spot. So hopefully he doesn't get injured because I don't expect his workload to be as much as it has been the last couple of years, and he's a tough guy. But running backs deteriorate deteriorate pretty quickly now, so. 
it's definitely possible. It's definitely a concern. B, anything further to add? I think we all have the same concern here. Yeah, it's definitely a concern, but I think if you're looking for a guy that's going to come close to doing the same job, uh, I think it's going to be Benny Cunningham because they're about the same size, 5'10", 220-ish. And in 2014, I'm looking at Cunningham's career stats here, uh, he had 66 rushes in 2014. So it's not that he can't shoulder a load. It's been a long time since he has been. And if Jordan Howard's out for an extended period of time, I think Cunningham's kind of your best option to do so, but I don't know how long he'd be able to sustain carrying the run, the running load by himself. All right, I'm gonna let you. I want you to dive into those stats a little bit deeper. Those 66 rushes. Uh, what did he average per game? Because if you do that, that's less than six six carries per game still. So that's not really shouldering a load. But I want to see if he had any games like 10, 12, some other rushes, and see how he fared. Yeah, per game it was 15.4 yards a game, which is kind of yeah kind of that's sad right we can't, we can't live off of that i mean no. we might be able to move the ball through the air but if we don't have a running back then we're in the exact opposite situation that we were a year ago so yeah definite concern we'll see exactly how it plays out and again maybe they have to do a variety of like cunningham uh cohen and then maybe mazel if he's still around on the practice squad to elevate him but again a definite concern to have but i think the bears are confident with those bottom tier guys somewhat and because they didn't really address the position too much this offseason so we'll see how it all plays out but let's move on and I'm looking at Kansas City Chiefs running backs from a year ago okay last year they had 300 rushing attempts and 125 passing targets combined now let's use those numbers as a baseline and it's time for math because you know Will's all about bringing random subjects in here <laughs> how would you divide those uh, rushing attempts, which again, 300 and passing targets, 125 between the running backs. How do you see that kind of, you know, playing out if say those numbers hold true and we're very close to that again in 2018 with Nagy's first year in Chicago and Mark, you're a teacher. So I'm going to, you go first. I know you're not a math teacher, but you're still a teacher. <laughs> I am actually, I'm a resource math teacher. So I do teach some math, Hey, but okay. So 300 rushes. I mean, I would expect, Howard gets about two-thirds to 75% of the carries there. I mean, I just don't see him getting less than 200 personally. Okay. And I think that that would work best because Cohen, if he gets 100 or more, I think that that's underutilizing him as a receiver. Yeah, that's very, that's very fair. What about, okay, so then receiving-wise, you have 125 passing targets. How do you divide those up? 125 passing targets just to running backs. I would say Cohen's getting about... 75 and then 75 to 80 just targets in general and then howard will be getting the rest all right and nick how about you you're good at math right oh god this is i don't even remember <laughs> the first number you threw out like 300 300 um, rushing attempts cream hunt had 272 last season was the leading rusher um jordan howard had 276 last season that sounds about right then um yeah yeah, I mean, I would expect him to be a well. It's he's not going to get the ball as much this season. There's no way. I don't. I don't think he will. Again, it's being split up. The Bears ran through Howard. Um, you know, I really don't want to give an attempt at these numbers. Yeah, I have a point <laughs> yeah. to argue, though. I have a point to argue. Okay, so you're looking at it uh, a little bit more narrow because okay. even though he had those, uh, those that amount of rushes. How many short drives did we have? Because we had to keep punting, we couldn't move the True. sticks. So if we have, if we can, you know, have more longer sustained drives, more opportunity. I think you can keep that number around two seventy. I think that's a very fair number, especially for dividing it up more. If we're going to be on the field more, uh, definitely more opportunity for him to get the ball. True. True. I can't argue with that. Nice. I am making. I still, ha- I still don't have numbers for you though. <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> what about passing targets? I think Mark hit the passing targets on, uh, you know, on the head. Yeah, Tariq Cohen had uh, 53 receptions last season. If he gets, I think, yeah, around 70, a little bit more. He's definitely going to have more than he had last season. I mean, we're I talking about targets, though, not receptions. Targets, true. I don't even know how many targets Cohen had. Probably around the same in the 70s, if I'm not mistaken. Probably. So, okay, B, do you want to throw in numbers? Or do you want me to move on? I have a fun one for you if you want to go. Uh, let's do the fun one. Cool. Everyone's going to have it, so you're on the spot. <laughs> and I don't think you wanted to volunteer, so this is very exciting. Oh. All right, so it's World Emoji Day. And I had this down yesterday, and the Bears kind of stole my thunder on Twitter using some players and emoji comparisons. So I'm not going to copy off of that. So I'm going to call an audible here. I want you to go around the horn and describe how you feel about this position group by stating the emoji that you are. So you're up, Brandon. And I know how much you love emojis. Yeah, I don't hardly use them at all. Um, I can't even find the fire emoji half the time. That's the one I use the most often. Um, (laughs) Geez, confidence level. I think it's... In emojis, I think it's going to be a hammer. I think I'm I'm real solid uh, with this group. I think they're going to be strong like a hammer, strong like a nail. I guess if there's a nail emoji, I don't know. Uh, 
like I said, I don't use them all that much. I really regret volunteering for this one, but I think I think confidence <laughs> group is is a nail because I'm I'm pretty confident that this group is going to be solid with those three guys that we talked about. I think we we nailed the hammer on the head if we're going to put those two and two together there. So that's kind of the emoji that I'm using because I'm running out of a lack of words here. But I'm I'm overall very confident in this group just finding an emoji is not. Well, that's a good thing. You don't need words. You just need emojis, which is, uh, you know, that's what we do now. Right. Welcome to 2018, Brandon. <laughs> I love how I saw Mark and Nick immediately go to their phones to kind of browse the emojis and see <laughs> oh, yeah. what they can come up with, you know which is perfect because that's why Brandon's on the spot. He had no way to prepare for that. <laughs> nope. Let's go to Mark. What do you got? Uh, I'm going to use like the little money bag emoji because I feel like this team, this running back crew, they're very diverse and that they can bring a lot of things to the table and it's valuable like money. So I would just use a money bag to kind of, I don't know. That's just the first thing I saw. And I thought that that would make sense. All right. That works for me. That's all I need. Gut feelings. That's what we're here for. What about you? Nick? Yeah. Throw an emoji. You know, at me. I have the one where it's, it's like this thinking they're thinking they have their hand right on the chin. They're looking up because I'm still wondering how Jordan Howard is going to be able to, you know, be a rece- be able to catch the ball in this office. So I'm not as confident as I was in the other positions. I really want to see how he, what time he puts in, what he's doing on the sidelines at training camp to get him to be a better pass catcher. Because I think this offense plays at its full potential when you have a running back that can't, is not just a one-dimensional guy. So that's why I'm thinking about it. So if Howard is not able to do that, then there's question marks as, can we maybe replace him? Can we get a guy that can be a good runner and a good catcher? Or not even as good of a runner, but he's he just makes up for it in his pass catching. And that's what, again, Nagy likes to use with his running back. So that's what I'm thinking about right now. It's that thinking emoji. And I think that, I don't know, I think that fits perfectly right now. I like it. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and do the cop-out one because it's, this is my thing. No, actually, no, I thought actually someone was going to do it. Uh, the little thunder and like the, the thunder lightning emoji. So I thought that would be perfect because okay. I think you're going to yeah, get heavy doses of Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen all year long. And together they're going to become a top tandem uh, that we kind of saw glimpses of last year, but they weren't able to do it on a consistent basis uh, due to all the reasons that we talked about throughout the show. Everything that if you're a Bears fan, you definitely know what I'm referring to here. But yeah, no, thunder, lightning, let's go, let's get it. They're going to have... Uh, one-two punch out of the backfield to see what they can do. I'm excited for it. All right, guys, bold prediction for the backfield. I'm excited to see what you guys come up with. Let's go to Mark. Um, let's go with two players. I see Howard and Cohen both getting over a thousand yards, thousand total yards. All right, I like that. Again, that would go perfectly with my emoji. So I'm definitely going to get behind that bold prediction. Let's go to Nick. I think Tariq Cohen's going to be a Pro Bowler this season. Just everything you do, running the ball receiving and also as a punt returner uh that'll get him a nod at breaking the bears i think pro bowl drought what is it three straight years without an actual pro bowl there have been alternates but no one's been actually you know a pro bowler so i think tree cone's gonna break that all right let's go over to brandon what is your bold prediction my bold prediction is that taquan mazel makes the team and somehow gets on the field for some some decent playing time decent playing time i like that all right so for me guys when i'm All right, here we go. I like this one. Jordan Howard, he is going to match his career total right now for touchdowns. So he has 15 total for his career. He's going to get 15 this year. We're going to be in the red zone. Teams are going to be spread out wide, leaving the middle of the field wide open. A draw play, it's going to work. He's going to have 15 touchdowns this year. Uh, You like that? I like that. All right, I like that too. (laughs) He'll double it up. All right, guys, so let's go around the horn, and the last thing we need to do is find out who's going to lead the running backs in some statistical categories, and I'm going to do total yards. Nick. Ooh, total yards. Uh, we'll go Trick Cohen, I think. You know, just in this offense, he's going to have so many opportunities, uh, whether it is that running back, receiver, screens. There's so many ways you can get Tariq Cohen the ball. He's going to be the one that leads that category. All right, Mark, I'm going to give you yards per carry. For Tariq Cohen? No, or no, for just in general. You know, you're going to look at the whole entire unit, and you're going to decide okay. who's going to lead the team in okay, yards per carry. Okay. Yards. yards per carry is going to lead. I I think Tree Cohen actually, because I think that the way I think that Howard's going to get the bulk of it, so he'll he'll be getting around 20 carries a game probably, and then Cohen will be getting the ones where I don't know if it's like a, a shotgun read option kind of thing, but he'll have more seven eight yard bursts here, and then he has the opportunity to break free for 60 70 yards. So I would expect him to not have as many yards, but have a better average. All right. I think we're going to get uh, three tree cones here in a row. Brandon, receptions? <gasps> tree cone. 
Could have went with another. I, I could have prediction. went with Bennett Cunningham, but I don't think he's going to get enough playing time to be able to compete in that category. Yeah, I I, I think you're 100 spot on with that assessment. But I'm going to go right back to let's go to Mark. He's paying attention now. Let's go with rushing touchdowns. Jordan Howard. All right, Nick. I'm going to give you the tough one. Rushes for 20 plus. Ooh, rushes for 20 plus. We'll go Jordan Howard. He can get that 20 plus. It's just anything beyond that, the gas just kind of runs out. So it'll be Jordan Howard. All right. And last but not least, Brandon, you might be double dipping here. Receiving touchdowns. <gasps> yeah, I'm double dipping three cone. All right. Well, I'm going to let you go and find your <laughs> inhaler. <laughs> all right, guys. All right. That's it for all the questions I had to end out the show. Any final thoughts about the Bears running backs before we sign off? Not really. We didn't ask what are you going to be watching at training camp, though. Oh, that's been a staple. That's, that's, that's a, staple. a staple. That's a staple. That's yeah. a staple at the end of these episodes. All right. So, Will, <laughs> I'm going to ask you, what are you going to be watching at, <laughs> at training camp on Saturday and Sunday? Well, thank you for asking, Nick. I was, uh, you know, this is a staple. I was very disappointed that you forgot to add that into the show, but I'm glad you caught it right before we signed out. <laughs> so for me, uh, when I'm going to go at training camp, I'm excited to see uh, the split for Tariq Cohen. Where, how, many, how often is he in the backfield? How often is he split out wide? And on top of that, for Jordan Howard, I want to see – how he's feeling out this new offense, this new scheme, this one that is a team that maybe they did try to trade him this year and no one had suitors for him. Maybe they, because again, a lot of these rumors come up and there's something behind it. And I wanted to see how he comes out. Does he come out with an attitude or does does he come off pissed off? Because if he can come out here pissed off and run some people over, I'm not going to complain about it. But I think the big question, guys, uh, training camp though, the number one thing, uh, I think we know what we're going to do with Tariq Cohen. I think we understand Jordan Howard. How's that bottom looking? I mean, Benny Cunningham seems like a lock with a special teams value, but does Mizell, does Nall, do they do something to make the Bears question giving them a roster spot? Because, again, after Jordan Howard, we don't have anyone who can perhaps carry the workload. Can someone find a way to step up in that spot? That's something I'm going to be looking through throughout training camp, but more specifically, probably preseason games. But, Nick, I'm going to go right back to you. What do you got? Ooh, okay. No, I'm replying to somebody <laughs> on the chat here, but uh, I'm going to be watching Howard and seeing that extra time he puts into catching. Uh, I really am going to be focusing on that because he said he's going to be doing that, you know, at practice and just working on his mechanics there. He said that in high school, he didn't know how to catch, which is really weird, <laughs> but that's one of the first things you do. But I want to see what kind of work he puts into that. And you already alluded to it. Uh, Will is where's Tariq Cohen lining up in this offense. I know he's going to line up everyone. I've said that multiple times in this podcast, but I'm really interested in watching that because I remember last year we went to training camp. We saw Tariq Cohen. I think he had like an end around everyone's oohing and on. And I think you're going to see more of that just because he's going to have the ball a lot more in this offense. So that's going to be fun to watch. But those are the two things I'm going to be watching. Uh, when I go to training camp on this weekend. Yeah, I'm going to add one more thing here to Tariq Cohen. If they can find a way, and they will find a way, to get him and Taylor Gabriel on the field together, how does that speed impact the defense? That's something I want to see because I think having them paired out there in one form, fashion, or another is going to really stretch a defense thin, especially vertically. And what's that going to do for the system? They're just going to play prevent. The, the Bears defense <laughs> is going to play prevent. Everyone back up. They're, is it going to be that patented field. Vic Fangio pre- prevent when they're all just standing back there? Oh, geez, yeah. That's exactly what it's going to be. I'm sure the offensive line would love that. All right, let's go to Mark. Mark, I want to know, are you planning on perhaps making it to camp? I am not. I wish I was, but I'm actually uh, I'm about to take my – it's like an annual vacation kind of thing up to Michigan this weekend. So, that. But no, that's awesome for you uh, because I was hoping to meet you in person, but that's okay. But So now you need a – this is a little harder for you. I want you to imagine your training camp, imagine your bourbon A. When you are there in your mind, what would you be uh, looking for? to see how Jordan Howard is doing as more of just a running back. Is he doing well at catching the balls? Is he doing well running routes? How is he doing outside of what we already know he can excel at? Mm -hmm. Mm, Exactly. And Brandon, your turn. What do you got? Yep. A couple things. Uh, I took what coach Nagy said to heart about Tariq Cohen. You know, he's going to be a running back first. He's going to have a simple route tree. So I'm interested to see if that's expanded at all. If he gets more in-depth routes, a uh, bigger route tree uh, to learn on and expand on. And also, I'm interested to see if uh, Taquan Mazel makes it. I think that there's a, a serious chance if the Bears only keep two quarterbacks, which we will discuss on Thursday. Uh, but I think that there is a potential for him to make the team, depending where where the roster falls as far as quarterbacks to keep, tight ends they keep. He could potentially make it if he shows enough. 
Hey, there we go. That's another variable that I was waiting for and you're waiting for. So yeah, quick turnaround, guys. It's, uh, you know, training camp's coming down. We've been counting down. And yeah, we have four days. We have one more position to go. So up next, you're going to expect to see us talking about quarterbacks here in about two days. I think we're going to record that on Thursday evening. So either you'll be watching Thursday evening, maybe you'll be listening Thursday evening if you're on top of your podcast feed. If not, Friday all day, the day before training camp's first practice, definitely listen to what we have to say about the quarterbacks. We're on your way to training camp. Hey, if you have a long drive to training camp, you can definitely knock out a few positions at <laughs> once. So that's exciting. But yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. I want to thank you all who have watched live. Definitely appreciated. Uh, we appreciate you coming in each and every time we have a show. It's awesome to see that chat rolling. And I know once the season comes, that's, it's going to kind of snowball, which is, I'm very excited to see how that chat kind of you know develops over the next couple of months. And of course, if you're listening on the podcast, no matter your Android, your Apple, your whatever app you use, if you stream it on our website, however you're listening to me right now or watching me, I just want to say thank you. Brandon appreciates it. Nick appreciates it. I know Mark does as well. All of us do. So yeah, expect a ton of great content coming your way out of us. But yeah, we're going to talk to you soon. Talk about Mitchell Trubisky's year two. What can he do to keep all of this? You know, we talked about receivers, running backs, tight ends, offensive line. It all comes down to one man, though, Mitchell Trubisky. We're going to talk about him in two days. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com.